RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodjark. The headlines this lunchtime. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says relaxing the social gathering rules may take time as it requires amending legislation. The Hong Kong Rugby Union says almost 70% of tickets have been sold for the Hong Kong Sevens in three weeks' time and a gunman has killed at least five people in the city of Raleigh in the US state of North Carolina. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao has told a LegCo meeting that relaxing the social gathering cap from 4 to 12 will take time as it requires amending legislation. The government announced further easing of COVID curbs yesterday, bringing live performances back to restaurants and bars next week. It said it was also considering easing the social gathering cap. The health chief said this morning that social gathering restrictions were different from other distancing curbs. We have to consider the restrictions of 599G and we have to amend the legislations in order to relax the relevant measures, unlike how we do every two weeks when we relax other measures. So we have to stick to the relevant procedures to amend the legislation. Almost 70% of tickets for the Hong Kong Sevens have been sold with the event due to return in three weeks' time for the first time since 2019. The Hong Kong Rugby Union said the event sold out completely in 2019, but that so far total sales for this year stood at around 23,000. But the union's chief executive, Robbie McRobbie, says he's encouraged by those figures, given that fewer overseas visitors are expected due to the SAR's 0 plus 3 COVID rules for inbound travellers. He says it's hard to compare this year's ticket sales with those of previous years, as it was clear that mainly local fans would watch the tournament this time. Normally, the Hong Kong Sevens, 50% of the spectators are from overseas. So realistically, we are not going to see a lot of overseas spectators in November. So far, we're pretty happy with the response from the local market. And we believe that over the remaining three weeks to the event, we will still sell some more. And we think there's a good chance that we will come close to filling the capacity of 34,000. A gunman in the city of Raleigh in the U.S. state of North Carolina has killed at least five people, including an off-duty police officer. Police said a suspect had been arrested. Marianne Baldwin is the city mayor. At this time, what we can report is that RPD has confirmed five fatalities. One of them was an off-duty Raleigh police officer. Two others were also transported to the hospital. One is a Raleigh police canine officer. Thankfully, he did not have life-threatening injuries. One report said the gunman was a white teenage male with a long gun. The former US President Donald Trump has been ordered to give evidence to the Congressional Committee investigating the storming of the Capitol building in Washington in January last year. The committee voted unanimously to subpoena Mr Trump. The chairman, Benny Thompson, said there was no doubt he led an effort to upend American democracy. Mr Trump has dismissed the hearings and asked why he wasn't asked to testify earlier. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue says it was likely to have been the committee's last hearing. 
it begs many more questions than it answers, to be honest. Will he comply in any way? Will he comply and then not answer any questions? All of those options that are possible. And the key thing also is that time is running out for this committee. Bear in mind it's a committee set up by the Democrats who control the House of Representatives. If they lose the midterms and elections in 26 days' time, at the end of the year when the new Congress comes in, uh, the Republicans can simply dismantle this committee. A jury in the US has recommended that the gunman who killed 17 people in a school shooting at Parkland in Florida should be sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Nicholas Cruz, who's 24, had pleaded guilty to carrying out the killings four years ago at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Gordon Weeks is a lawyer for Cruz. This is the system that we all cherish, that we all abide by, and supported by our Constitution. I would also hope that this day is not a day of celebration, but a day of solemn acknowledgement and a solemn opportunity to reflect on the healing that is necessary for this community. South Korea's National Security Council has condemned Pyongyang for firing artillery and another ballistic missile into the sea off its east coast. North Korea also flew 10 warplanes close to the border with South Korea overnight. Seoul responded by, de by deploying its own warplanes. The council said North Korea had been raising military tensions with its hostile acts. Russia's Deputy Prime Minister has said his country will help evacuate civilians from occupied parts of the Kherson region in southern Ukraine. Marat Kuznulin's comments follow an appeal from the Russian-installed head of the region, Vladimir Soldo, who's accused, Russia, accused Ukraine of striking civilian targets. He made a direct appeal for help to Moscow. The targets that the missiles hit are hotels, residential houses, markets where there are lots of civilians. Because of this, the Kherson administration has decided to organize opportunities for families to travel to other regions of Russia for leisure and study. I'm addressing the leadership of the country. I would like to ask for your help in organizing such process. Ukrainian officials have called on the International Committee of the Red Cross to secure a visit to the notorious Olenivka prison camp under Russian control in the eastern Donetsk region. President Zelensky's chief of staff, Andriy Yermak, demanded that the Red Cross gain access within three days. In a tweet, he said, we can't just waste more time. Human lives are at stake. Dozens of Ukrainian prisoners were killed in rocket attacks on the camp in July, which both sides blamed on each other. Last month, the Red Cross tried to get access to the camp, but said it was denied by the Russian authorities. The head of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, says the military alliance will soon provide Ukraine with dozens of jammers to counteract Russian and Iranian drones. Speaking after a meeting in Brussels, Mr Stoltenberg said NATO defence ministers had agreed to increase stockpiles of munitions and were increasing protection of their critical infrastructure following the sabotage of Baltic gas pipelines. Allies are increasing security around key installations. And we are stepping up our intelligence sharing and surveillance across all domains, from space to undersea capabilities. We also agreed to enhance the resilience of our critical undersea and energy infrastructure. 
The Turkish parliament has approved a controversial media law that could see journalists and social media users sent to prison for spreading false or misleading information. The law requires social networks and internet sites to hand over personal details of suspects. Here's the BBC's Nicholas Rusher. The new law proposed by the governing AK party of President Erdogan has been vigorously condemned by the opposition and media rights groups. It states that those who spread false information online about Turkey's security could face a prison sentence of one to three years. Government supporters say it'll protect the country from disinformation, but opponents argue that it will limit freedom of expression and increase self-censorship. Opposition parties have said the legislation aims to silence government critics ahead of elections next year. Police in India have captured a man-eating tiger that killed 13 people in 10 months. Hundreds of wildlife officials had been tracking the animal for days before it was tranquilized in Maharashtra state. Villagers in the Gadchiroli district were living in fear because of the attacks. The tiger has been sent to live in a rescue centre. The British Finance Minister Kwasi Kwarteng has cut short his visit to the International Monetary Fund in Washington as pressure mounts on the government to reverse parts of its tax-cutting mini-budget. Mr Kwarteng is expected to hold urgent talks with the Prime Minister and Conservative MPs on his return. More from the BBC's Faisal Islam. His team say he wants to consult with senior members of government about that mini-budget that isn't just going down badly in his own party, has also gone down badly in the financial markets. In fact, they are now convinced that there's going to be a major U-turn, that a big swathe of that mini-budget will never see the light of day. That is now what Kwasi Kwarteng has to establish, has to sort out, and quickly, because the Bank of England, which was helping support with emergency funding, those markets for government borrowing, that funding's being pulled at the end of today. In sport, the Houston Astros have taken a 2-0 lead in their best-of-five Major League Baseball Division series against the Seattle Mariners thanks to the mighty bat of Jordan Alvarez. After a walk-off home run to win the opening game, Alvarez cracked a go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning of Game 2 to help Houston win 4-2. The Astros will try for a sweep when the series moves to Seattle on Saturday. To football's Europa League, where Arsenal have made it three wins out of three in Group A by beating Bodo Glimt in Norway. Bakayo Saka's first half strike was the, was the difference for Michael Arteta's side, who also ended an impressive run by their hosts. We're really happy to win here against a team that has won the last 14 games in European competitions in a row. So they deserve a lot of credit to that because there is not many European teams that have done that. Uh, so we have come here game 15 and won it. We have talked about this in the last few days and that was the challenge in different conditions, in different contexts, making a lot of changes, find a way to win. Elsewhere, Real Betis remained top of Group C after drawing one all with Roma. Real Sociedad top Group E after a 3-0 win over the Moldovan champions Sheriff Teresa Paul. The win put Sociedad three points clear of Manchester United, who needed a stoppage time winner from Scott McTominay to beat Ammonio Nicosia of Cyprus 1-0 at Old Trafford. The BBC's John Akers was watching. It was so close to being arguably the best night in Omonia's history. The first time a Cypriot team had played at Old Trafford, they were well organised by their manager Neil Lennon, whilst being roared on relentlessly by their 5,000-strong crowd. 
United dominated throughout. They spurned chance after chance as Omania's second-string goalkeeper, Francis Azoho, a United fan, made a dozen saves from the likes of Ronaldo, who played 90 minutes, and Marcus Rashford, who could have had four or five on an inspired night for him in goal. Late substitute Scott McTominay spared United's blushes late into stoppage time with a tidy right foot finish. They can still top the group with that result and are all but guaranteed to qualify for the knockout stages. The ball used by Diego Maradona to score the Hand of God goal at the 1986 World Cup has been put up for sale. Auctioneers in Britain estimate it could fetch around three million US dollars. The BBC's Andy Swiss has the story. It was at the 1986 World Cup that Diego Maradona punched the ball into the net using the hand of God, as he famously put it, before dribbling through most of the England team to score a superb second goal. The ball he used has since been owned by the game's Tunisian referee, Ali bin Nasser. But next month, he's putting it up for auction with an estimated price of between 2.7 and 3.3 million dollars. It feels like it's the right time to be sharing it with the world, said Mr bin Nasser, adding that he hoped the buyer would put it on display. And finally, in tackling climate change, most people know that trees can pull carbon out of the atmosphere. Perhaps well less well-known is the role that oceans play in doing the same. Now a private company says it's found a way to boost that process by cultivating vast fields of seaweed hundreds of miles offshore. The BBC's Justin Rowlatt reports. Meet the visionary British businessman who believes he can turn the floating seaweed sargassum into cash and tackle global warming in the process. My name's uh, John Auckland and I'm a director at Seafields. Seafields is developing a hyperscale seaweed farm that it's going to place in the South Atlantic to grow the brown seaweed sargassum for the principal reason to sink it to the bottom of the ocean for carbon sequestration. The eventual size of the farm is intended to be about 55,000 square kilometres. The project is based on the ideas of Professor Victor Smetacek, an expert in marine biology fascinated by the potential to grow seaweed in enormous rotating oceanic currents known as gyres. These are the ocean's deserts. They are huge gyres and they collect all kinds of stuff in the middle. And the best known, of course, example are the plastic garbage that is accumulating in the middle of these subtropical gyres. The aim is to use the gyres' currents to contain floating sargassum in a similar way. And a look at the weather. Fine and dry with a top temperature of around 31 degrees. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds. The outlook mainly fine and dry tomorrow. Windy and becoming cooler early to midweek next week. Temperatures will fall to 20 degrees or below on Tuesday and Wednesday mornings. The current temperature is 30 degrees with relative humidity of 54%. And a look at the top stories once again. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says relaxing the social gathering cap may take time as it requires amending legislation. Hong Kong Rugby Union says almost 70% of tickets have been sold for the Hong Kong Sevens in three weeks' time and a gunman has killed at least five people in the city of Raleigh in the US state of North Carolina. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two. Walking down 11th and 2nd Avenue, emptying the bars and asking after you. Heard you got sober and that's why you're a church. Hanging on the corner and someone else's much. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Me. 
Shirley Jessen on Radio 3 with Cycles. 18 minutes past one. Beautiful Friday afternoon. Seven or so minutes from now at Sports and All with Danny Hicks. We've got some F1 Max's title win. Bit of golf, Phil Mickelson. Igniting civil war, he says. And of course, there's some football with a look ahead to the weekend games. And we're going to get stuck into the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens. Mm-hmm.